and it's kind of the great equalizer in a way because everybody sort of is equal. The the whole nonverbal status thing mm-hmm. kind of goes away in Zoom, and it's really interesting because you don't really know who's talking, um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool. I mean, so so everybody gets the same load. You're that kind of person anyway, so everyone gets the same load of hay with you anyway. But but it, <laughs> but it is it's this great equalizer where where yeah. these voices that probably didn't have a place at the table. Right. They were actually sitting at the table. Now have a place at the yeah. table. It's kind of- <laughs> there is no head of the table because the little boxes move around. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. I am Todd Conklin, the host of this show. Thanks for uh, downloading, or uh, is it, yeah, downloading is what you do. Anyway, thanks for listening. It's it's great. Um, I'm always pleased that we get to spend this time together, and I'm super psyched about today. Because today, I don't want to say too much before I do the introduction, so I have to limit my words. But uh, I, I have an old friend coming on the podcast who I think you're going to love. Jennifer Long is a, a person that works with complex organizations and leadership. And she's been doing it a long time, and she's really good at it, so that's not a problem. But she has taken on a very, very important word to all of us, a word you're going to be incredibly familiar with, and that's the word accountability. And I want to always build a stronger case around this notion of accountability because accountability counts without question. But we tend to have weaponized it so much that it actually is probably causing negative consequences in the organization. So that's why I asked Jennifer to come along on this ride. She's got a great book on accountability, and we'll talk about that as well. But that's something you probably want to look at. Other than that, how is it going? Um, I don't know what to say other than that if you were going to study uncertainty, now must be the dreamy time to be alive. Because I'm, I'm just not sure what else can happen. Uh, I haven't figured out what else could possibly happen. But that's the thing about uncertainty is it's uncertain. And so uh, you really don't know what the next day is going to hold in geopolitics or geoeconomics or logistics or production or operations. It's crazy. This is the classic VUCA environment. Volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. We should probably talk about that. That's something I'll put on the list. But it's interesting. And uh, and remember, when faced with a VUCA environment, the tendency is to draw inward. But in fact, the necessary strategy is to look outward. And so the idea that you and I are having this conversation like we do a couple times a week and that you're having it with other people is probably really positive because the more uncertainty we have, the more we need diversity of thought and diversity of opinion. That makes a huge, huge difference. And actually, quite honestly, is probably about the only way we can successfully manage and move forward um, in, in what's happening. Now, that sort of sets the stage for what's going to happen next. And that is uh, just a, a little pod conversation that I wanted to invite you in on. So it's just going to be the three of us, um, Jenny, myself, and you. And we're going to talk about the notion of accountability. And in fact, one of the things, and you probably noticed when you read the, the title for this episode, accountability is actually not an act of emotional 
get evenness, I made that term up, it's, um, it's an act of clarity. And so accountability is not a weapon used to gain revenge. Accountability actually provides transparency within the organization. And to be really honest with you, I talk about accountability a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And um, what I'll tell you is that until Jen came along and helped us understand the idea that accountability is an act of clarity, I, I hadn't put such succinct and, and gorgeous language around that. You're going to hear her sort of introduce that idea, idea to me, and you'll hear how I respond to it, um, which is probably not good, but that's how I respond to it. Mostly what I think this conversation does is begins the dialogue in a different way. So all the things we've talked about make perfect sense. It's a big part of what's going to happen next. And it's actually a relatively huge part of the conversation. The deal I'll make with you is listen to this and then tell me what you think. I kind of think we need to have Jennifer back. So I don't normally start with that because, you know, you don't know. But in this case, I do think this is the beginning of a longer conversation. I'd really like to get Jennifer and Martha together and have a conversation betwixt them um, that we can spy on. Maybe I'll do that, too. They, they might be open to that. that. That's something to think about. Other than that, um, what can I say? Uncertainty abounds. We have to reach for each other because it's a time to sort of draw strength in, in gathering diverse ideas and opinions. And I think we have to keep moving forward as much as we possibly can in the midst of all this uncertainty. And that seems to be kind of an easy thing to say, but a harder thing to do that you'll have to wrap your head around and, and give it some meaning as we move through this. Everything's grand here though. Uh, couldn't be much happier. It's uh, in North America. It's, it's approaching summer. Although I must tell you where I live, the air is filled with smoke and these fires are incredible. Um, they're horrific and, scary and devastating and expensive, but it's what we have. And it's interesting to watch the really, really brilliant men and women who actually tackle this and work on these fires and do everything in their power to bring them into control. That's, that's remarkable. And tons of you guys, I know, listen to the pod. So let it be known that you're appreciated at every level. The complexity of your operations is remarkable, to say the least. But until then, sit back. Let's, uh, let's just listen to a couple old friends chatting. I think you're going to like this one because we're going to tackle what is perhaps the most commonly asked question that I get in the work I do, which is help me understand how I hold workers accountable. So why'd you write this book? I'm super pleased to get to talk to you about it just because, you know, we've been friends a long time and this will be fun. But this book is really appealing to me and I'll tell you why. So let, let me let me just squirt out what I think is super interesting about the book and then you can take it from there. Okay. You, you use the word accountability like you know what it means. And the, <laughs> the crazy thing about that is I spend the vast majority of my time talking about accountability. And that's why that's why I thought I got to get Jen on the pod because this accountability question is a huge leadership question. And I, and my thinking, not to jump too far ahead, because I think we'll have plenty to talk about. But my thinking is people see accountability and discipline as kind of the same thing. And they're not. 
They're not. So, They're not. So introduce us to the book and tell us tell us why why you did it. So accountability. So own up. How to hold people accountable without all the drama is really um, a project that is based on a program that we've been training for over thirty years. So it's got a lot of tactical material to back it up in terms of does it work? Yes, it does. But the, the real impetus is, is because of that very same thing is people assume accountability has a bad rap. It makes people feel bad and uncomfortable and, and awkward and anxious because they've experienced it in a way that it's done poorly because we use it like a hammer, like it's a solution to something. And accountability is not um, consequences, which is when people say people need to be held accountable for this. It's usually because they're looking for some kind of consequence for bad, bad decision-making. Whereas what it is really is accountability is an act of clarity. It is, let's understand. God bless you. Let me just, what, let me interrupt long long. to say, God bless you. You're the first person I've ever heard say that. That is so, yeah. that is so brilliant. I'll stop interrupting, but I'm kind of tearing <laughs> up here. Well, right. But I think that's what, because the whole point of the book and the program is to take away the pain around accountability and to clear it up. And, and it's a practice. It's a communications, interpersonal communications skill set that says if we're going to work together, that's part of the deal. That's part of how it works. And I have to understand what you're expecting so that I can meet the expectations. And so it's really what when we when we aren't being performing what we what we thought we were someone's got to say hey man that that wasn't what i thought and that's really all an accountability conversation is but it's it, it's that and when you're good at it and people are clear then it's easy to move forward i agree completely but it's so it is so it is so uh, it's it's so it's malpractice i don't know i can't even, it's so poorly used be, because so I always God, I just love your definition. I barely can even function. That's well, how right? that's how emotional I am. Right? But people but, think accountability is punitive. Well, and and I always say accountability is the discussion you have before something bad happens. But yes. but what you said was even more brilliant. That it's it's really this. It provides clarity and transparency. So and let me give you let me give you why I'm so psyched about what you just said. So so if you think about the word complicated and the word complex. Mm -hmm. So they're very different words. Complicated is difficult to understand or difficult to do. Complex is, is many pieces tightly coupled. You know, it's a, the sort of the scientific definition of complexity. Uh -huh. The solution for a complicated problem is to simplify. The solution for a complex problem is not that you, you'll never simplify a complex system. The solution for complexity is transparency. In, yeah. in essence, it's accountability for understanding before something untoward happens what the expectation is and and that's beautiful how's it, how how do leaders respond to what you're saying cuz in a way it's almost blasphemous well right so the first the first part of the book is all about your mindset right cuz it's it's in three parts it's it's mindset skill set and how do you spend your time because if you're going to shift you got to shift all three and a lot of people are well I am I'm good at accountability because I'm I'm forthright I I'm I, I'll speak my mind no problem but it's, it's, 
how you, it's the baggage you carry around what accountability is for you that either helps you or hinders you in your ability to practice it. And so the first part of the book is all creating that understanding that unpack that bag. Cause if you're looking at it as a hammer and if you're looking at it as punitive and it kind of goes back to that growth mindset, fixed mindset, right? That if your growth mindset, your ability to be people positive and uh, assume better intentions you're that much further ahead in getting the skills right versus fixed mindset where if you really feel like people are lazy and they're going to take the path of leaps resistance and they can't get it right unless you're there, you're the one who's usually coming in with the results over the relationship. I'm all about the results and I'm not about the relationship. And when you do accountability right, it's because you need to honor the relationship. If this is going to work, we have to get clear on how we do it together. And that's so foundational to, well, to everything. I mean, to, to everything, but it's foundational to the stuff that I think about all the time, which is, you know, highly critical, reliable systems, systems that can't fail, or if they fail, they have high consequence. And that, that's a huge part of it. But to me, the, the difference between the growth mindset and the fixed mindset is really the word improvement. That we see fixing as improving, but in fact, fixing really at best takes us to where we are. It, it's right, it just keeps us from going backwards. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, 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 stops, stops, it yeah. stops us from rolling down the hill backwards. Whereas yeah. gr- growth really allows us the ability to do something that's profoundly important in organizations, and that's improve. Well, right, and accountability isn't just accountability and ownership for the mistake, the underperformance, the poor choice, right? It, it's also ownership over the what am I going to do about it, right? It's ownership over the solution and it's ownership over the development and the improvement itself. And so if you've got a culture of accountability, it's not just people going, yeah, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, here's what I'm going to do to fix it. And here's how I'm going to improve how I do this going forward. So it's it's the whole arc is really what accountability is, not just the, yeah, I screwed this up. And, and, and you think it's, maybe I'm answering my own question. But is it the historic use of accountability as a weapon that's screwed it up for us? I think so. I think there's probably um, just the whole need of when things go south and we scream for accountability, we use that as an umbrella um, when what we're really saying is there need to be consequences. Right. Right. And so when we say people must be held accountable for this, it's, you know, we want to be clear on who made the decision and who that was. But yes, then we want we want punitive measures. And so because that's the cultural context in which a lot of that the language is used when it comes to how we're thinking about it personally, we attach a lot of that baggage to it. So it becomes kind of an emotional value as opposed to a, a leadership skill or a strategic value. We want a pound of flesh, which is really the definition of the word culpability, I would suggest. It's not, yeah. that's not accountability. I mean, that's, exactly. that's culpability. Who's to blame? Well, how, do, how do you talk to leaders about making this mind shift? Because I'm interested in all three parts of this, of course, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're going to say, well, you should read the book then buy the book. If you buy the book, you'll know all, every well, answer. You... Is the mindset, right? So like they have the same reaction you had when I say it's not an act of, it's not punitive, it's an act of clarity. And if you're going to get good at it, you have to get clear. And the emotional 
risk that comes with accountability because that's part of the reticence to engage in the conversations to begin with is there's a sense of vulnerability there because it's you and your expectation that you have to go to the conversation with. And when you're faced with, did I make myself clear? Was my expectation? Did I, you know, are they understanding what I really said? A lot of times leaders are just assuming this, that, well, they should know, or I've said it and I've been clear. And it's like, well, obviously you're, you're not. And so you have to go in ownership starts with you. You have to be clear on what your issue is and what's going on with you because no one can take ownership of an issue until you give it, until you put it on the table and it's your issue first, always. And that's always an interesting thing for leaders to take because it's like, well, why can't these people get their, their stuff together? And good save, by the way, really good save. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, did you create the expectation that you, that you're upset about? And so defining an issue is a huge part of the skill set. Well, I think it's, so I think it's everything. I think, I think the more time you spend defining the issue, the less time you have to spend actually, you know, um, doing the work. Uh, well, exactly. Says, kind because of as a lazy guy. When you figure out what your issue is, you might realize, oh, I never, I never said that out loud. But I like this idea that accountability moves throughout the organization. And in, in, in essence, it's kind of shared, but it starts with leadership. Leadership. So, so the sense of shared accountability well, it's so when you said workers make bad choices, what I find is that it's it's almost never workers make bad choices. It's that workers have bad choices. So they're they're choosing between the lesser of several evils. So I just did one this morning where an organization was moving a 16,000 pound stone with a fork truck that's rated at 5,000 pounds and it failed. Mm-hmm. Well, OK, so first of all, what part of that surprises you? Um, that's 11,000 pounds more than you have capacity for. So, right. I mean, I'm no genius, but right there, that seems like something I'd pick up on. And uh, the accountability for that, the culpability for that, I don't know where that exists. Maybe in the person who buys forklifts, the accountability for that, I really like this notion that there was a lack of clarity. And and that's, that's totally what the case is. Because the bosses didn't want them to move a giant rock with a little piece of equipment. They want them to move a giant rock with a giant piece of equipment, right? but there was no clarity around the expectation. And so therefore these workers found themselves in a position where they only had the tool they had. And so they made the best decision they could make given the consequences and sort of local rationale that existed um, in the workplace. That's right. a really interesting discussion. Do leaders freak out because it, it lands a little too close to their desk? Well, yeah, because accountability works in all directions, right? So if you're expecting me to deliver this result for you, I expect you to give me the equipment I need to do it when I need it. And fair is fair, right? Right. And do I have the, am I able to make the choice to have that conversation? Is it safe for me to hold you accountable, my leadership for providing enough equipment and enough time, right? So maybe the the bigger equipment wasn't available, right? Whereas when they push results over relationships, this is where people feel they can't make the choice. But do people get freaky when you talk about results over relationships? Like do the hardcore guys, I don't mean guys in a, do the hardcore leaders who could also be ladies or men or, or whatever, do they get all freaked out by that? 
yeah, I get a lot of wide eyes. Like, what the hell do you mean? Like, what, why would you, why would I, why would I put relations results second? And because you'll never get the results you could if you don't have the relationships. Yeah. People will only give you, so it's, it's that difference between the, the, the approach. If I'm going to come at you in a punitive way, that's how you get malicious compliance. I'm going to give you the bare minimum to get by versus if I've got the relationship with you, that's where engagement begins, where I'm going to give you the extra mile and I'm going to make the considerations I need to make because you're important to me in my sphere of people that I'm going to do that for you. Right. It's human nature. We are people, we are wired to connect. We are tribal beings and we go to work to work with the people that we're shoulder to shoulder with. And when we quit, we quit that guy who's the jerk. We don't quit the company. Yeah, that's that's actually profoundly significant. That's a really important. And it really aligns with, so the stuff I talk about all the time, which seems really obvious when you say it out loud, is that we've traditionally looked at like safety as the worker is the problem. So if we just make the workers be more safe, fix, 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 right, then our safety problem will go away. When in reality, the worker's the solution. I mean, it's, it's, it's about the relationship. And really this notion that accountability, as defined in your terms, which is quite beautiful, accountability is clarity, actually only makes things better. Um, right. And – again, not the smartest thing ever said, but I don't think people say it, is when leadership improves, the organization improves. Yes, because when I demonstrate that, when I demonstrate when things go south and I come at, I come in with a relationship first approach, I don't come in with judgment. I come in with curiosity. Right. Talk to me about, help me understand what the story is here. Here is what the expectation is. Help me understand where you are. What, what choices did you make that got us, that, that ended here, right? How, what, would have been the, what would have been the better choice? How, how do you get leaders to apply that? What's, what's the secret for application? How do you get them to actually go out and practice that? Well, so when we run the program, it also comes with four coaching sessions because they're smart. This is easy information to understand. The book has six steps. It's easy to understand it's harder in practice because that's where the discomfort comes mm -hmm. because it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to sit eyeball to eyeball with somebody and form a sentence that's clear that states your issue and really gives you the practice of understanding what that's going to feel like. So in the coaching sessions, it's nothing but practice, reflect, practice, reflect, let's try this and bring your issue. And so when people work with, when we work with them, it's, the conversation of tell us what you're dealing with. I'll, okay. I'm going to be that guy. And so I talk a lot about role play in the book because it's easy to intellectualize, but when you open your mouth, what you were thinking in your brain and what actually comes out of your face is completely, you, you, sometimes you're like, What's, that's not exactly what I meant to say. And you end up having conversations you don't intend. So the rehearsing time to really say out loud, this is how I'm going to start the conversation because how you lay the table is everything. Right. And accountability conversations aren't 40 minute performance reviews. It's, it's can be easy stuff, right? Like I've got somebody who, who um, consistently leaves trash on the deck plate and that's a safety hazard. So, you know, it's, I've, I've said it a, a number of times. It's like, Hey, the expectation is, is that you clean up after your job is done. I'm concerned because you consistently choose not to talk to me about that. That's all you have to do. That's amazing. 
So what is what does success look like? What what are leaders who've done this? What stories do they tell you about how it's changed them or changed their workplace? Um, I think the amazing thing is it tightens relationships. It increases it increases trust because there's no hidden feelings, agendas, mis misunderstandings that accountability clears the air. Accountability tightens up the understanding. So the feeling safe about making decisions increases. And I think leaders who do this are surprised a at how fast things can change in a single conversation and how, um, people who they assume might just feel a certain way they discover people are actually more invested in doing a good job and, and all of some of the assumptions melt away. And so the difficulty goes away. Does it create better psychological safety? Yes. So kind of in the Amy Edmondson definition of psychological safety, where it's okay to give bad news, they can push the bear, they can push the, the, the parameters and, and say things that are hard to say. Absolutely. Because it's a sign of respect. I respect you enough to tell you the truth. And I respect you enough because I think you can handle it. And that builds confidence and capability in people. And those are the only two things we manage near as I can tell confidence and capability. hundred percent. That's I mean, that's, it all boils down to that at some level. How can I get your book and what's it called again? It is called own up how to hold people accountable without all the drama and you can get it on Amazon and I think Barnes and Noble and bam, all the, all the normal, <laughs> you, can get a, you can go to my website, Jennifer long or no Jennifer T long.com. Let me do that again. Yeah. Good, good work on Jennifer that. <laughs> Jeez. One more time. Yes. Take three. Jennifer T long.com. I'm leaving and all those in too. There's a link to all the books and there's some downloadables there as well. Thanks for your time. Todd, this was super fun. Thank you so much for having me on. What'd you think? Excellent. So long story short, what'd you think? I mean, what did you think? Now, what did Jennifer thought? I already asked her that and she said it was excellent, but don't let that bias you. What'd you think? I mean, honestly, the definition for accountability that she uses so gracefully in her writing, in her work, is probably, I mean, I'll just say it, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm sort of going from emotion, you know, this is a first-time discussion, but it seems like uh, at least part of the missing link in the discussion we have around accountability. Because we really do see accountability as a response, um, what did she call that, the, the fixing mindset? not the learning mindset. And so accountability, if it's, if accountability is a part of the fix, then we know that that's not right. And more importantly is not going to make the world a better place. And most importantly is not going to lead to improvement in your organization. And enough said, right? The crazy thing is that when you go in with sort of that learning mindset, that relationship side of the house where you're curious and humble and you're using accountability to to clarify, then in fact it becomes a big part of what happens. Now, I still think there's a conversation to be had here, um, and we didn't get to it. That's okay. I mean, we we had plenty of conversation, and the conversation to be had would be, well, then how how best can leaders use this idea of accountability in practice? And it's really part three of her book, which is 
she pointed to, uh, we just kind of didn't get there uh, for excitement and lack of time and emotion. It was all emotion. I was just emotional. So that was a good conversation, wasn't it? And totally fun, completely worth it. And I'm so glad you were a part of the journey. Thanks for listening to the podcast. It means a lot. Tell your friends, um, you know, subscribe if you want to. Anywhere you get podcasts is fine. Pass this one around. I, I actually think this has um, some nice legs to it. This this really does open up a dialogue around accountability. Uh, and it really does reduce the drama. And maybe, in essence, you guys... That's the approach we should have taken long ago. Less drama is probably more powerful. Uh, it's certainly more fun and less crappy, which is kind of the opposite of fun. So there we go. So thank you, Jennifer Long. You are the greatest. Until then, thank you for listening. I'll be with you soon. I mean, we hang out, so that's not a problem. Until then, learn something new every single day. Bet you did today. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. That's important now. As uncertainty increases, I think kindness becomes almost a uh, it's almost a, a, a an active control that you use before bad things happen and then ultimately and as always be safe <laughs>